So in terms of your brand, you have this amazing personality. You obviously have a wonderful way with people. Where does that factor in your own promotion of your business or your services? Hmm, this is a good question. Yeah, I never felt like it was like a formal brand, but everyone's like, Shiley, you have such great energy. Like even my assistant, yeah. like every time I talk to you, it feels so great. And I was like, oh, like, this is lovely. I love that it makes me happy. Yeah. Part of me is like going to like a, like a slightly emotional place. Like of as a kid, I didn't have a lot of friends. A lot of people thought I was weird. I was always bigger than everybody else. Martians landed, yes. wearing Prada suits, yes. drinking Henry's seltzer, yes. chewing juicy fruit. Yes, and your branding here. Yes, brand. Your message here. Yes, and a verse about. Yes, your product here. Yes, I'm Hirsch Redman. Yes, and I'm a message therapist. Yes, and I have a podcast. Yes, brand. That's right. That's it. Yes, we'll help you fix the world. Yes, or your bottom line. All right. Your bottom line. Get it. I get it. Welcome, Welcome to the Yes, yes Brand, Brand Podcast. Podcast. In the hot seat on Yes Brand today is Shiley Hakimian. Shiley is social media. I was going to say, oh, she works in social media. She started doing it in high school. She's done training in that. She's also has a degree in certification in elementary education you know, Indiana University. So Midwest, go Midwest. I'm sitting here trying to get, I mean, sitting here in Iowa and, but okay. But we are going to get into all of these aspects of the Shiley Hakimian brand. Does that sound exciting, Shiley? Absolutely. I am so thrilled to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. And I think working together, we're going to blow some people's minds today. We're going to blow some minds today. I we, Before the show, we were talking a little bit about how what we do, each of us does with clients is a little bit like therapy, but we're reluctant to use that word because we're not licensed. Nope. Now, <laughs> I've practiced message therapy unofficially for 30 years and i and no one's ever you know taken umbrage at my using the word other than to say well you know the implication when you say you're a therapist is that something's wrong with them and i was oh. like oh my gosh are you kidding that's the biggest problem we have today is that people think the therapy means there's something wrong with you mm, nope you know Love so that. right highly well, recommend real therapy okay. <laughs> so let's do this. So now you don't brand yourself as the MySpace lady, but you do have some interest in social does date back to MySpace, um, which is funny because I thought MySpace was in the 1800s. It wasn't apparently. It was not. It was because you're younger than I am. You're far younger than I am. Almost but, 32. Yeah, you're <laughs> just a little bit older than my oldest child. So there you go. But okay, this is about you. Let me know a little bit about, you can start with MySpace or you can start with another space, but oh. it's whichever you want. Oh my gosh. Well, look, it's, you say it's about me. It's about people who are listening to this getting nuggets of goodness. That's what you do with yes. everyone. Shows, and I think that's amazing. Oh, so generous you. of you. What I will say is that MySpace is where I made my first like real life friends. And so I found them in a nerdy community of people who liked what I liked, which was Big Brother and Survivor reality competition shows. Right. And there was a subset of us that needed our own little hub to like geek out together. And so I was like, oh, why don't I just make my own MySpace group and it'll be a hub for this niche within the niche. 
And I ran it. I even had competitors and I didn't think much of it, but I featured people every week. I engaged people. I put topics up. And like, this is before social media was like really like a coined term. So I didn't think much of it till applying for a job. I don't know if you've ever heard of Eli Talks. We do Jewish TED Talks. And it was like a dream of mine to do something TEDx related because at that time, you know, 2013-ish, it was still pretty hot. And I was like, ooh, I want to do this. I applied for this position and I said, hey, Uh, you know, they said they wanted to know, have you managed online communities before? And I was like, that's something that I would love to do. I love community building, but I was like, just out of college. I was like, have I done this before? And then it hit me that MySpace was me doing community management before it was really a big thing. So one thing led to another. I freelanced a lot in the Jewish community. And then eventually I was like, I want to serve business owners because I'm from an event. Can I stop you for a second? So you were a freelance Jew? A freelance Jew. I love that. Because <laughs> well, I've tried I, to sell this for 50 years. This nobody even wanted it for a week. So I don't know what the freelance. You sell it. Ju- yeah. You sell it. <laughs> I do like the thing that what was the talk? Eli Talks, it was called. Eli Talks. Yeah. There was like a Jewish TED Talks thing. You can go on YouTube and you can find their videos. They're like fully produced. They look like. Oh, wow. Of- yeah. And I had been obsessed with TEDx events um, yeah. at that point. So I was like, I even wrote. So this is the funny thing I wrote in my diary like two years earlier that I wish I could do something TED talk like, but for the Jewish community, I had no idea it even existed. And here I was getting this position, social media in the Jewish community. I was like, cool. And then that I was the freelance Jew. I was teaching like Hebrew school, subbing at Jewish day schools uh, and all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to get into the business world. And so I shifted away. And it's funny because now I'm getting pulled back into like working for like Jewish related clients, which is so funny. Yeah. So, but like, you know, eventually like I was like, oh, I want to do social media for people. And one of the first person ever hired me to teach them social media, she like came up with to me and she's like, oh, can I just like pay you to show me Instagram? And I didn't know that that would change my life because from then on my work started going less and less and less to social media management, community management, to really guiding people and helping them feel empowered about talking about themselves, who they are in a way that like works for them and their people. People have been using the word authentic and I was like, great. Oh yeah. Yes. And it's been really fun ever since. So now I get to empower business owners to stay top of mind with the people that matter most to their business. And people often neglect that, right? So sometimes it's on LinkedIn, sometimes it's on text. But that's where it leads me to today. I get to empower people to talk and be knowledgeable and be brilliant and help others just like you're doing your show. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I love that. And you know, the thing is that we have, you know, we come up in the business world with a bunch of boxes that we can choose from. You know, we can choose from a bunch of, different jobs and we can choose from titles and we can say we want to be a senior vice president of this or we want to be in traffic. You know, I want to be in communications. I want to be in the arts, whatever it is. And this is some kind of, you know, construct that was created to keep people focused and keep them from going insane. And because there are those of us that like to organize things and build things in a row and put them, you know, stack all the coins neatly one next to the other. But that doesn't suit necessarily who we are. And I finally realized after years and years of trying to decide between roles, between titles, between careers, that I was just going to be me. I was going to be Hirsch. That was going to be my job title. And I think when I met you, Shiley, I thought the same thing. Not that you should be (laughs) Hirsch because I thought that I pretty much covered it. But that as Shiley, you were developing a persona of your own and you might do any number of things with it, you know, so it's gonna, but distilling it down to, you know, I help people 
be themselves, communicate, and manage communities and be in a community. The, the whole social thing has so much going for it, but there's also so much bullshit in it. You know, like there's also so much manipulation and exploitation. What's your take on all of that, the the rap that social media gets and, and whether it's rightly so, you can say. Oh, I don't. Okay, look, I don't play into that world, right? In okay. that world, I'm describing as the Instagram coach. It's like, here's all the chicks for hashtags this week on Instagram. Right. <laughs> or like the dude that's like, I will make you $10 million using LinkedIn ads. Like, yeah. I don't play in that world. That world, like you got to trust people that are going to, you know, hopefully do something good for you. But like that same strategy will not work 10 years down the line. I can say something different. Is that what I teach my clients today will work forever. And oh, okay. why mine, yeah, you're like, what I, is no, no, no. I'm not saying that in a dubious <laughs> way. I like that. You're I like, like that. Except well, the term that we use in the business world is evergreen. Evergreen. Sure. That's an and evergreen that's strategy. I, so I chuck out all the the marketing words and all the links. Right. My clients are not, they don't want to be marketers. They don't, they want to be whoever they are. So why I say it's sustainable forever is because my, what I teach my clients and what really has guaranteed success for them, if they trust their network is their people they are using their people. They're not relying on someone to bring unicorns from the sky. I always hated that about a lot of online courses that they say, Hey, do this, do this, do this, but they never really tell you how to actually find the people. Right. So my clients know how to find the people. They are connectors, they're networkers, they're established so like social businesses like realtors or photographers or uh, you know i've got sleep con rabbi turned sleep consultant they're somebody who's got a, network. a rabbi turned sleep consultant i know that's okay that's comedy gold shiley right there <laughs> because they you, you say to the rabbi so rabbi you're a sleep consultant how does it work and he says well basically i speak for 20 minutes <gasps> after that they're out right. Finished. That's, They're out. And it's like, that. well, how long? Yeah, but how long do they stay asleep? Till I finish. Oh. That's, that's, if you've spent enough, enough time, as much time as I have in synagogues listening to sermons, then you kind of, you can relate to that. So you the know, social thing, I'm sorry. Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. So here's we were the social thing, right? So, right. So the people I work with, they have a network, right? Maybe they're people they've worked with in the past, past clients, people who refer them businesses. They have a bucket of these humans. And then I ask them, like, how are you staying in touch with these humans? And they give me the like, right. guilty, like they don't do it. And if yeah. they're going to ever do any of that hubbub, social media world stuff, or like real world marketing stuff, they need to have a foundation and they have the easiest foundation ever. And it's this base network. So I help them pull out content from their brain, which client after client, they don't realize the information that they need to be sharing. Like I uh -huh. have a organization that helps Jewish couples be stronger. Right. And she didn't know, like she was thinking, okay, let me, let me just talk about different topics in our program. Like, it doesn't matter what your program is. What's yeah. the person that's going to be receiving it. What are they looking for? So whether you're an insurance agency, I've had some of those, like, you know, like what problems do people not understand? Can you explain them? And that's when you can put that information that these people are dying for out on a consistent basis in front of your people, you win. And that could be traditional social media. That also could be email marketing, which maybe you and I know email marketing is a gem. Yeah. It could yes. be postcards if you wanted to, but that's the foundation for everything. And that's what I teach people when they're my clients, but also put it on a, as a video series on YouTube or as a course, you can take it. It's all public on the internet, no cost. Right. Explain to people how you match your referral network to content that you can put out consistently in a way that's simple and doesn't drive you crazy and isn't exhausting. That's the base for everything. And it isn't based on tricks or no. hacks. No. You know, that's 
the idea of like, like I can guarantee you one way. I probably the only person who can guarantee that you will get $10 million in sales on Instagram. And all you have to do is buy $10 million of your own merchandise. Honestly, what's happened in some, and I need, I'm a niche, niche down PR guy. So I worked in a very narrow field, but what I have seen it in large part is a lot of pay to play publications. So that, that people don't even realize Forbes is very pay to play. Yeah. You know, where they've decided that for a certain sector, for a certain kind of news or straight across the board, they're just going to make you pay for it. And in a way they feel like, well, that's better. That's better for you. It's better for us. We get paid. We don't care about your news anyway. And we get paid and you get, you know, you get to put it up there and then our audience sees it. But the problem is what what's going to happen in five years is that magazine's stature is going to shrink exactly because they're going to be they're sure they're still going to do some edit their own editorial and whatever but they're going to be there to survive i get it they're selling what they call advertorial space or there's they're you know one of the things i say is that like a lot of younger folks like gen z people like i don't know if they understand that part in the same way that traditional folks do so it's kind of like there's two worlds like the gen z gets like oh how do you use social media be fun and put the dance on the internet right right but like they don't know the like how to make deep bonds with your audience because they're just like oh here's numbers but the folks who are seasoned who've been in their field for a long time like they get the relationship part so when you can bridge those two worlds together that's yeah, what let- happens because the yeah. young kids don't know how to have businesses they're clueless but these people know that businesses, they don't know how to, you know, maximize it on the internet. So well, this is, a, spot. <laughs> this is a very magical area, Shiley, that you hit on because to go back to your authenticity, you know, comment, people will tell us, we will read in the magazines. Oh, uh, you know, Gen Z craves authenticity. They want to have an authentic relationship with a brand. Right. And then, so a person who's been in business a long time and is, used to a more transactional thing or customer loyalty that's more unwavering. It doesn't require as much investment of relationship building. You know, as long as you deliver the same product, the same customers will always buy it, you know, but now we have these generational merging that you're talking about, which I love, which is that everybody has something to offer in the customer brand conversation, right? Everybody has a relationship building aspect to what they're doing if they want to thrive, if they want to keep that's going. Sustainable. That's the thing that's sustainable. And that's why I say like, that's the only thing that I can guarantee will work is that if you can build that foundation that, you know, can take you from the beginning to like, I don't know, there's some big brands who are really good at this stuff. Yeah. That you feel like you're connected with, like, you know, different, like my website company, they used to talk to me and they used to make me feel cared about, or like, I applied for this program the other day and they called me to be like, yeah, no, this program isn't the right fit and it's okay. Like it was a trip that I'm trying to get on and I didn't yeah. win the spot, but like they called me and you I'm like- You were so wrong for this that I wanted to call you personally. <laughs> well, I think wanted to be nice, right? Like that's- No, 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 I'm kidding. But that's great. So, yeah. and like, what's the other one I saw the other day? I just actually liked on this. My friend's sister, she posted something about how a couple brands- were having an opt out button for Mother's Day so they wouldn't get Mother's Day ads if that was something that was like going to make you emotionally traumatized. And I was like, you know, yes, yeah, so they're massive brands, but that's the kind of relational feeling that if you have yeah. that and you can maintain that, you're going to feel great. And I know this from my email marketing tool has recently broken my heart. They charged me more and took away benefits 
uh-huh. without actually talking to me. And they used to be the, the company that would keep most in touch with me. They would send me gifts. They would, you know, you could feel like you were talking to them all the time. And so to yeah. see that happen broke my heart a little bit, right? And it's possible at any scale, but that's the stuff that really keeps people going through whatever the iteration of the company is. And so I say yeah. start at, and you can always go to the other tactics later, but you have to have a foundation. All it really does is, it, you know, we're, I totally support technology. I'm a very big proponent of all kinds of technology, you know, AI included for the right purposes. You know, I don't, if people have listened to the show, they know that I'm not an opponent of, you know, AI in any way. I just think it's, we have to look at all these tools in front of us and think, how do they make our lives better? That's it. How does it make our life better? How does it make our relationships better? How does it further our goals? And that's all that customer loyalty and trust is about. It's not so mysterious. What are your thoughts on brand voice? When you talk to these, that's a big thing that I work on. When you have (laughs) clients and they maybe don't know how to communicate, like, you know, they have these stories and you have to extract them from them. But what do you come up with against clients that don't really know how to talk about their brand or don't really, you know, aren't really breaking through? Like, what's the story there? So here's what I'll say. There's a contract. Maybe this is controversial to you, but I tell a lot of my people, don't worry about brand, which is maybe offensive right. to brand people because I'm like, you know, well, it shouldn't to- be offensive. That's silly. I- but I'm like, some of the people, I don't want them to get too sucked into brand when they're not ready to go into like more thoughtful branding. So I don't talk about right. brand or anything like that. But the clients that I work with, they have the brand, they kind of have an unofficial brand voice, but they haven't validated that as that. And I don't even call it that. Yeah. Uh, but this is the same voice they use. Like my food photographer client right now, she talks about how she's bubbly when she goes to networking events with like all these big food companies. And that's like part of her brand. And she doesn't know how to like be herself when she puts out, let's say an email. So that's part of the mindset stuff that I'm doing with her a little bit of like, you know, it doesn't have to be reveal your mental health status. It could be, it doesn't have to be as deep as that, but it can Mm -hmm. be, you know, oh, I really love this restaurant. It's my favorite thing. Or, oh, I'm like cheesy and I'll use the word superhero cape, like so so silly. Or I'll talk about that. I don't like pork rinds, like something silly like that. It doesn't have to be your deep, dark secret. So it's helping them realize that you don't like what they think is being personal on the internet isn't as deep as they think they have to go. And it doesn't have to be crafted as a whole new voice. Now, if you're a little bit higher up, maybe a few years down the line, they're going to need that brand voice, but they don't need to. They just need to give people something to chew on, something indulgent, usually something hooky that is something that your ideal person is struggling with. And if you can name that, like you would, here's what I told a client this week. I was like, I want you to feel like you're giving free consulting to everybody and everybody you see. Imagine you could talk on the phone with every single person that needs your help. What would you say to them? Because that, if you can document that, that is scalable and you literally are doing that. And that's really the magic of all of this. It's right. Your voice as if you were in the room with all of them. And that's really, I think, something that people don't validate for themselves. They don't know to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they don't. They don't. So it's also the rules of communication and the rules of engagement, I guess, that you're kind of, you know, showing them. And let's talk about the Shiley brand for a minute. I don't know if you can hear it. There's an ice cream truck going down the street. I can't even hear it. You're so on Yeah. I have window shades that are soundproof, oh, but crazy. I also have a window open behind it, which is not typical. And because the weather is nice today, there's an ice cream truck, but 
Ice cream truck sounds freak me out. It just sounds sinister to me whenever I hear it. I don't know why, especially if one of their fuses is blown and then one of the sounds is a little off key. Anyway, I digress. Look, for as long as that, I ice cream, I'm fine. So. For something that nobody even heard, that was a real departure. But anyway, so in terms of your brand, you have this amazing personality. You obviously have a wonderful way with people. Where does that factor in your own promotion of your business or your services? Hmm, this is a good question. Yeah, I never felt like it was like a formal brand, but everyone's like, Shiley, you have such great energy. Like even my assistant, yeah. like every time I talk to you, it feels so great. And I was like, oh, like, this is lovely. I love that it makes me happy. Yeah. Part of me is like going to like a, like a slightly emotional place. Like of as a kid, I didn't have a lot of friends. A lot of people thought I was weird. I was always bigger than everybody else. I had some disabilities that made me kind of stand out in a weird way. So making friends was really, really hard. And I realized when people see me doing something, this is in, in real life, right? This is not the internet. When people saw me like put on a comedy festival in college and they were blown away or saw me do magic at the Chicago Magic Lounge. And they were like, wow, that was such a great presentation of magic or whatever. And like people see it, they're like, oh, wow, that person's good. And that was the only way that I could get doors opened for me is that people had to see me blow their minds because otherwise people like, didn't expect much of me. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So the last four years, I always say be consistent because you don't want to like end your show mid-season and be like, what happened? So I've been posting on LinkedIn for four years consistently, I think. And that's been that moment where people can see me in action is that I can essentially sort of force them to see what I'm actually like and to actually trust me and build that relationship because people don't automatically assume this goofy lady is going to help me. And now people can see it. I don't have to, you know, I don't have, they don't have to see me put on a great show. They can see it on a regular basis. And they, yeah. they um, I always say, be unforgettable to your network. And I am pretty much unforgettable because I know that whether they like it or comment on it, they're seeing my stuff because most people in my network do not post as much as I do. And yeah. I get to build that relationship with them and they get to judge for themselves. And then I don't chase anybody. That means that people get to come to me. And that's how I've always done it. Because if I have to convince someone to like me, like it's, it doesn't work out, but it's like, you know what? You can choose for yourself. The same way that you got to choose if you wanted to have me on the show today too. Right. It lets right. it speak Yeah. I mean, that, that's very true. You know, that's what I love about podcasting is that I get an opportunity to be myself with both shows. And it actually, I wouldn't have known or thought that I would have done a show like Truth Tastes Funny that's, you know, more heart-centered and kind of, you know, human interest. But it fit. It took off. I really love it. And I love that it gets to, I get to see a side of other people that you don't necessarily see passing them on the street. And I get to share a side of me. Yeah. And then with Yes Brand, it's the same thing. I get to talk about my expertise that is kind of hard won over, you know, long decades of work. So it's like, you know, I feel like I get to do that anytime I want. I hop on the mic and I can just do it. And if you like what you see, what you see is what you get. And this is me. And you want to work with me or you want to talk to me or you want to come on the show. Yes, you And I'm that's definitely. great. I think that, but to take that to a realistic level, I also market my podcast, right? I'm sure. not just throwing it out there into the ethers <laughs> and hoping that people stand under a wishing tree and they're like, I just show me the podcast. I want a really good host who's funny, but he's also serious and has some good branding acumen, but I don't want him to be so precious about the word brand. So where do I, oh my God. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. the sky, they don't. It doesn't. But that kind of brings us back around to this intersection of 
humanity and personality and connection and integration. You know, would you say that what you're doing now is part of a plan that has other phases to it? Is there a growth phase that you're kind of wanting to, well, what can you share? I don't want to. Ooh, oh, I'm open. You kind of hit okay. it. I don't know if it was pre-recording or after of like, oh, you can leverage this in a lot of different ways. And I was yes, like, oh, yeah. like, you know me. Uh, <laughs> here's what I'll tell you, full transparency, right? When I graduated college, I was like, I need to pay the bills. I need money. I need to figure this out. And I was like, okay, well, social media, people are paying for that. I can get dollars from that and figure out what the heck I want to do next. Because my whole thing was have something that gets me money so that I can have time to go play around and do all the other stuff that I like. And that was always the plan. And look, it took me a lot longer to make myself as financially, more financially stable, but I'm really proud of that. Cause I, you know, I tell my friends, ask me, how are you a business owner? I'm like, you start seven years ago and you hustle until it works out <laughs> and suffer and be broke for a long time. But like, so I think of like my early years of like me trying to figure that out. I knew social media would pay the bills, but I also knew that I wanted to do something bigger, but I didn't know what that was because like you, we talked about this earlier. Like I had all these other interests, like I'm doing good in the Jewish community. At one point I want to be a matchmaker. You know, I like hosting dinners. I like hosting Shabbat dinners, like all of this stuff. And I wanted to do all of it. So I was like, how can I build a flexible schedule while also paying the bills? And so as I, Sherpa is even more stronger, your social media Sherpa, I have an opportunity to do this personal brand and kind of guide it. So I've been trying to infuse more personal stuff into my LinkedIn content, just like I would tell my clients in like a healthy way to maybe build something in the future. Like, do I want to be a motivational speaker? I don't know. Those have a weird reputation. Do I like facilitating discussions? Yes. I have a passion project called Friending Our Foes and it gets people to debate. Oh, I like that. While learning from different perspectives. Yeah. You like that, right? So I love that as a passion project, but I knew immediately that that was going to be really, really hard to make money off of. So I have room in my life to build those things out and to let them have their moment while still making sure that I'm financially viable. So we will see where that goes. There's some, I have a, in my YouTube channel, there's a whole bunch of different collections. There's collections of non-social media related inspirational content, and that could lead to something bigger. So yeah. we will see. I don't know if it's a classic speaker route or something else, but I know that, like I said earlier, the more people see me and they build trust with me, the more that they can even imagine what to pull me in from. She's like, I got hired to do a speech for women who are in trying to get into security field for young women talking about LinkedIn and empowerment. I was like, great, I'm there for that. Uh, so I do have examples of other things I do and me just showing up and being myself, I know will open those doors in the right time. It gives me room to dream. That's beautifully said, beautifully said, you know, <laughs> never shared it like that before. So yeah. Like I like that. I like that so much. <laughs> I did want to say that the friending your foes thing yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So I know it's obviously not a moneymaker, but no, like no. you said, but what are you doing with it? Are you doing something? Yes. So I, at one point I did like LinkedIn debate shows. I used to do it on Periscope and people would go crazy for it. I'd pick a controversial topic that wouldn't get anybody in trouble. Like who pays for dinner on a date? Like stuff like that. And people would go nuts, but I used to do it. The way it started was I did a lot of work in LGBT plus related activism for many, many years. And the thing that broke my heart and this was early, this is before polarization was very obvious, but I would see that mm -hmm. there were so many internal struggles within the community that I was like, this has to stop because like, even now, like they're trying to like literally take away the rights of trans children all over this country. And I'm like, and I'm like, why are we having internal fights when there's people literally like attacking this entire community? We need to work together. And so my thinking was, how do we get people to talk in a way that people can be heard and understood and listened to? And so it started at, in queer spaces where I was doing this more often. These days, the way it has manifested is 
Uh, I do, uh, I go to Shavuot Tikkun. It's like a holiday here. Like we have a big, like 400 people come to the synagogue and you basically study, supposed to be study Jewish related things from like 11 p.m. to like four in the morning. And so every year for the last, I've already done it seven years, I do a Jewish version of it and I call it what makes someone Jewish. And I let people have that debate. And I'm sure you can already think of some of those topics that might come up. <laughs> yeah. But what ends up happening is that you get all these different stories from like, I had one lady who was like a, a Jew from Russia who had to leave because Russia is a big mess. And then you have another person who was like a kid that just came out who's like 15 who has their own story. And then you have somebody who's Israeli coming in, giving their own story. And so everyone is coming with perspectives. So I have no idea what's going to be said, but everybody will leave with a new perspective that they never had before because people were comfortable to be open with who they are and what they had to say. And that to me is my yearly way to kind of keep this in my bones as my world just keeps progressing. All right. If you liked the show, yes, and it worked for you. Yes, and subscribe and leave a yes, five-star review. Yes, friend. tell all your friends. Yes, friend. Get your branding here. Yes, friend. get your branding here. Yes. Did I make it clear? Yes. Get your branding on. Yes. Before they're gone. Yes.